Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the China Shop. Today, we have no time for fancy wordplay or alliteration, as Vanta Trading's Baba Yaga and Mr. Banks have promised to cure me of all my bad trading habits after today's review of the trader's evaluation form I filled out last week. So like, share, subscribe, email us, two bowls at com. number two, free Discord server. All right. Thanks, Baba. Plug my trading holes. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> plug my trading holes? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, my God. <laughs> You say things that are just something else sometimes. Uh, that's what happens when you let me sit in the the waiting room uh, while Banks is troubleshooting his computer. Yeah. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna address that computer issue this week. That's what we're gonna do. All right. So last time we had you guys on here, we talked about the uh, the evaluation form that you guys were putting together. I went through. I completed it last week, and today we're sitting down and we're going to be kind of reviewing uh, your guys's findings. You're going to have some suggestions and uh, stuff for me to do to help improve uh is that correct yep that would be the uh, idea absolutely all right well uh, whenever you guys are ready go ahead and take it away all right cool so um so uh a couple of questions before we kick this party off that are pertinent to um some of the feedback that we have written out and some of the stuff we've thought mm-hmm. um so uh when you're like generally speaking when you're trading do you trade with a goal in mind per day of profit or are you trading um a setup and whatever that yields and however you decide that i have a daily target but i don't think i've okay. actually hit it it's okay. uh basically double my daily risk allowance for the day okay but what typically ends up happening is i'll have one good trade and then i'll be afraid to give it back and afraid to take any other trades after that all right i get real gun shy yeah, yeah. Um, and do you mind sharing what that daily target is? Uh, five, uh, ten R. I mean, okay. So an R unit is depending on the account size. Uh, for the typical Apex account, it's I ballpark use fifty it. to a hundred dollars. Okay. So, so we'll say hundred dollar R unit. Looking for that one K day. It's actually probably closer to half that now. All right, never mind. Size and we'll, we'll say five hundred. That's the target. That fifty dollar R unit, looking for that five hundred dollar day. So on micros, that's going to be two hundred and fifty micros, or on big boys, that's going to be 
whatever, like 25 points, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just making sure that we're speaking the same language. Parlez-vous? <laughs> <laughs> um, when you have had these, so you have had a cash account in the past, mm-hmm. and you possibly still have one now. With with your journey into uh, these uh, funding prop services, have you withdrew money at the end of the funding process at any point this far? Nope. I've never actually gotten past the funding stage. Okay. I've gotten close oh. a couple of times, but then uh, once I start getting green in there, then I start getting scared about losing the gains, and then I get gun shy, and then cherry pick, and then it goes downhill. Okay. 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 All right. That's helpful. I had thoughts. I wanted to check. Um, So a couple of things that you said, one that you wanted to be confident, more confident in yourself and your process. Mm -hmm. Um, You wanted to be more patient with your entries Yep. and you wanted to get better at accepting risk or the cost of doing business. Those are three areas that you self-identified you feel like you need to move forward it. I feel like those are probably the top three. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to, we'll walk through this. Um, mm-hmm. And then this will just be, it'll be very conversational. So obviously feel free to interject. Um, but let's start with um, the trade, like the trading, the mechanical side of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're, you have some clearly defined setups from what I've looked at and talked to banks about, like you have at least, at least two models for lack of a better word or setups that you're looking for. One is like the Liz uh, strategy on swing, swing lows and things like that. I'm Mm -hmm. assuming that's where that comes in. And then the other one is like a trend following continuation strategy, right? Right. Yep. Okay. So, um, go ahead. And then, is, is there a third, Kyle? I know that you mentioned that. I was working on one. Uh, it's still being developed, though. Um, it is another momentum-type strategy. I was working off of some of the notes that Purdue had posted in our room. Right. When you okay. uh, So, obviously, a trend following. So, the goal would be that we can give you a couple things to help. We can't make you have confidence in your trade setups or more confidence in your trade setups in one conversation. But giving you some things to work towards that would do that is that's the win, right? Mm-hmm. So like there'll be work to do after this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So when thinking of tri- a trend following strategy, um, do you have a, a clearly defined, uh, let's say day type um, markers that would lean you towards a trend following a- execution style versus your reversion Liz style? Uh, yeah, it has to do with the uh, overnight range. Basically, as long as we stay within the overnight low and high, I consider it ranging. And if we escape out of there, then I switch to trend mode and then look okay. for balance or volume profile type targets. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I would say, we, and we can talk about that because we talk um, mm-hmm. outside of this. I would say that there could be probably a measure of... Um, that, that that idea could be a little more robust. Like yeah. what qualifies a trend day as quickly as possible? How can you qualify a trend day? So like even if we're inside the overnight, well, if we break above the overnight range, to me, it's going to matter more how we got to breaking above the overnight range than it is going to matter that we broke the overnight range high. Interesting. Um, so the journey to that destination will indicate to me 
how how strong this move is and how well it's set up for continuation rebids versus if this is going to be kind of like a pie in the face to everyone who thinks we're fixing to continue for for hours on end. Um, and what I would say is, and yeah. Banks chime in whenever, but obviously like your OR no tick stuff, that's a big thing. Also, I don't pay attention to um, as much to um, volume weighted average price, but on a day where we have traversed like for your standard above the overnight range, if we've done that without and maintained ourselves outside of or above or below um, volume point of control, that starts, those are just a couple things that start to indicate me towards a trend opportunity. If we, uh, if we haven't traversed the OR um, more than through it once and back out, obviously that goes to, to that case. Yeah. So like, yeah. So with regard to the OR, like if we, if we like one of the clear indicators for me that we're going to have a lot, I'm going to have probably a lot of trade opportunities is the number of times we traverse through the OR. So if we're back through it, back through it, I'm not looking for trend to set up in that. It looks like we're, um, that just starts to indicate me towards uh, the, a balanced day type. Obviously, the work you do pre-market um, with regard to where we are in balance and value and <clears throat> and where we are in the bigger picture from a daily perspective and all of that also yeah. can give clues to like, this day has the potential to trend, this day doesn't. But I would say that like knowing where to apply this, a certain strategy methodology is more important than the methodology itself. Mm -hmm. And so work on refining, if you're working on refining like entry conditions, like, uh, or like entry parameter, like, Oh, I want to manage my risk. I want to get in this trade with just a few points. Stop, blah, blah, blah. How could I make the entry better? How can I make the entry better? If, if that entry is happening either in a day type that doesn't, makes sense to that entry methodology so it's not qualified or if that if that entry is happening inside the rotation of the day or the the hours of of the day in a place that is not probable then both of those things it doesn't matter how good the setups are they're not going to work they're not going to they're not going to work out as with a high probability so the this like two two things in one For, uh go back and look at days that have trended mm -hmm. and see what you can identify uh, about them that stands out from days that didn't trend. So find a real balanced day and then find one of those 300 point, like, holy, you know, what the heck days and just, and just be and try to pick, uh, pick those apart. Um, look at where we were in the hourly rotations. Where were the four-hour candle closes? Where was the mm -hmm. volume profile picture, TPO balance, and all that? Just take two separate days, put one on one monitor, one on the other, and then and try to qualify them. So if you were going to see that day again, how could you qualify it? What would be different about the two as early as you can? So by you know 10 o'clock, what had unfolded by 10 o'clock or 10.30 that, that would have – that would have given you the idea that today is a, a Liz trading reversion, sweep liquidity and fade the edges day versus this is a day to apply my breakout or whatever the other strategy was called, the trend following strategy. I so like I identify those day types because those trade methods are going to flourish more in a day type that that is lined up with what the goal of those type of entries are.
That okay. would be one thing I think is a thing. Yeah, and, yeah, and then yeah, and then on that as well. So when uh, when you're looking at those days, like for those trend days, I would exclude um, news days. I would exclude. Oh the, yeah, like uh, FOMC or any of those things. News, yeah, news. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, hundred percent. Yep. So that would be one. That would be one piece of the to address confidence in the process. Another piece would be, for me at least, in this would be. Um, it's along the same vein of, of what you're of that. And it would be that. Um, so if you had like, like the Baba Yaga Delta bars that I have on my chart, right. Mm-hmm. Those um, extreme Delta situations. I disregard those um, in, in a lot of the places that they show up. The only mm-hmm. time that they begin to matter to me is when they show up in an area that that's important. So my question for, I guess a question is for like any of your trade entry thoughts, is there anything other than I have a setup that goes into whether you click the button or not? When I was testing it in the stats that I sent you, that was basically me just trying to take every single one that I saw. Okay. Uh, I've been trying to improve that by doing things like looking for exhaustion from the, it's similar to your Delta candles, but like looking for a bunch of sellers to go pile into a low and then get immediately reversed or looking for like those Liz to set up and like a swing low or swing high type scenario for the looking for that, like liquidity grab and, and reversion back to the mean. Uh, those are some of the things that I've started doing, but I haven't been applying that consistently uh in the past yeah so i that would be another uh that would be another like homework thing that i would say would be real helpful mm-hmm. for you to boost your confidence in those setups or or you may prove through that work that these setups aren't as good as i th- don't have the potential i thought they had because i can't figure out a way to get them above a certain threshold right and i think the two thresholds or the two ideas is um, take you um the the one that prints on a candle. I think that's the Liz, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's easy to do. Then put on on one screen, put up the the execution chart, right? The the thing that prints the candle, and then on another screen, yeah. um, pick a time frame. It doesn't matter which one. Something bigger, fifteen minutes, thirty minutes, an hour, whatever. Yeah. And then in a replay or whatever, look at the list setups that come in. Um. When they come in, check where you are in the idea of like the market being fractal, right? So check yep. where you are on the hour. Like, are we about to have a period change? Um, are we sweeping a swing low or swing high, which then the Liz setup then probably has? I'm just assuming. I don't even know what it actually is, to be honest. I heard Jewel talk through it in the thing, but like I've, I've only looked at it a little bit. But but I think there would, there is a way to qualify both in the moment as well as structurally from day type um, mm-hmm. that that type of uh, a setup like that and to take the the odds of it um, producing at least a whatever your two two to one are that you need for your first scales like producing that right. so whereas you know. The, the, the worst case scenario, this is not how you do this, I'm sure, but would be to just you have your execution chart with the list thing and you're just sitting there waiting. As soon as it pops off, you click the button and then you just hope for the best. 
if we can qualify that around uh, the, the turn of a four hour candle that made a new low or an hourly candle that made a new low or even a 15 minute um, rebid of a recent swing low when you know you have, um, you know, you've sec- theoretically secured a low and then you get a list set up after securing the low. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the kind of things where when you're already would be structurally looking for rebid and then you get that type of setup, I, I would imagine the odds and the yield would both go up. And so I would put, like I said, Liz Candle on screen on one side and a larger time frame picture on the other side and then try to qualify those entries a little bit to kind of bring that hit rate up. And also through that process, you're going to prove to yourself like the viability of that. Right. So it's not it's not off of work that someone else did or how someone else is successful with it. It's how do you, Kyle, take an idea that has potential and maximize it for what you're trying to accomplish. And Banks, you had some stuff to say about that. I'd love for you to 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 talk a little bit about that. So basically what you're saying is take this and really make it mine. Yeah. More yeah, so Banks, than I think I've yeah. already done. Yeah. Yeah. Way yeah. Banks was mentioning some some stuff about that that he was gonna talk about. I think that's a great okay. time to jump into that. Yeah. So um, you know, on on kind of building your setup, um, I would ask in this setup, what has been developed by you and what has been kind of picked up? And I know in trading, you know, even, even Bob and myself, we kind of have Frankenstein, you know, you know, trading processes of a lot of successful traders that, that we know. Um, and we've kind of picked up this and that from each individual trader. And I, and I'm more curious, I guess, is the setups you have currently something that you're trying to match with someone, or is it something that you've kind of developed and kind of made it your own? So the, the Liz setup was something that Purdue kind of taught us uh, over in our room. Uh, I had taken that and the back testing stuff that I sent you was all the stuff that I had done with it. Okay. Uh, the other one, I think I call it the flag follower. That's the, the trend, the trend continuation trade that I have. That's something that I developed uh, all on my own. Gotcha. So is, is, is it something like in the setup where like the confidence wise, like, it's so like the Liz, for example, you know, with the stuff that you're adding, is, is there something that Baba mentioned that, that you, that you think you probably should add, or, or do you think that the setup you have? All of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having a better uh, understanding of the high timeframes is or higher timeframes is not something that I've done much with until I think just the last couple of weeks, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I started been paying a lot more attention to like four hour candle closes. I think I updated, I used to have a five and 15 minute and I changed it to an hourly, I believe on my other one. Um, I used the four hour and the one hour to find my swing highs and swing lows. And then uh, obviously the, the uh, dailies for more like overall trend type indications. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and so like on, on both of those setups, I'd be curious to know, and, and I know this is part of, you know, your homework going out, but, I'd be curious to know with the Liz, cause I, kn- I know what the Liz is. We talked about on Friday. So like the trade you had on Friday, mm-hmm. we didn't, we didn't really clear anything in the sense of liquidity wise. So I'd be, I'd be curious right. to know those setups when they happen, um, you know, at those swing high swing lows. And I'd also be curious on the flag follower because it's a continuation trade. Is it something where we sweep into a swing high and swing low, like even on an hourly or a smaller time frame, where you know what what are we really gaining 
you know, with that move. Mm -hmm. So like on a trend day, it it becomes a little bit hard to get, you know, I guess positional wise, because when you go up, you know, 200 points, you you think, well, we're going to reverse at some point. Um, But at the same time, like on a lot of those days, if we're searching for liquidity, have we really gained Mm -hmm. anything on that move? So like, you know, like for instance, on Friday, when we were kind of on mic, um, we really didn't gain anything on the up move until we reached the high. So, mm-hmm. you know, when, you know, when you get into these situations, I'd be curious to see with those individual setups, you know, thinking more of the liquidity wise, instead of more of just an actual, just, you know, this setup is happening and, and let's just, you know, get into it. But, I, but yeah. I think, you know, I think the context of what Bob was talking about kind of, you know, making it your own and kind of looking at the bigger time frame is going to be key, you know, going forward. Yep. Yep. And that's, uh, listening to you talk about the liquidity and, uh, like the actual goals of the buyers and sellers, I think has really helped kind of shape the way I look at those swing highs and swing lows and the pushes into them. Yeah. And, and, and I think another thing that Baba mentioned is how we push into them. Yeah. You he didn't mention that. Yeah. So, you know, and I think that's a big, that's a big context piece of that because, if we go into a swing high and swing low and we get acceptance above it, then mm-hmm. that Liz setup is probably not going to work, you right. know, or that, that, you know, that flag follower setup is, is going to work because it's a trend move. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if we get into it and we kind of, you know, pull one of those where we pop above it, pull back in, then I think you can probably, you know, look at those, like even on the back testing, those kind of Liz setups or, you know, whatever your system is going to be going forward. I think that those will be key. Um, just looking back at those, because I think that tells a big story of how it happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so, and I think just throwing this out there that, um, the confidence in like the process and all of that, it really comes from those, that, that type of work. Um, And I I think that directly bleeds into patience on entries um, because you can you can say with confidence to yourself, I, I know where the the high opportunity trade will be located for this setup. Mm -hmm. So I'm not as lured to jump the gun just to be a part of the action in an attempt to take some money out of the market because if, if I'm being completely honest, I think I, that it's becoming clear that the lack of confidence is coming from the, just not having everything is well-defined as it should be like from the trading plan to the setups, to the back testing, everything. It's just not there. It's not where it needs to be. Yeah. And banks talked about this. I think you're blessed and cursed. Um, I think you're blessed yeah. because you've talked to so many people. Yeah. But you're cursed because you you see that so there's many so many people with, <laughs> and everybody does it differently. So yep. there, I'm not going to lie. There's times I listen to your podcast with people or other people, and I think I could never trade that way, or I would never like that's never how I would uh, would do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I know what what I like to do, and I know what I what I'm aspiring to accomplish in my method and my process. So like. Banks talked a little bit earlier about this idea of making things your own. Um, and I think with this plethora of experience that you've had with all of these traders, you have this playground in front of you of co- of the way people have done it. What I would say is it doesn't matter how anyone else does it. It matters how 
you interpret it and then internalize it and then make it yours. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that really is where like the confidence in the setups, the patience for entries all starts to make sense because you're waiting till you see what you want to see. And then it's silly to do something when you don't see what you want to see. Um, and it, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy of sorts. Like now that I'm clear on what I want to see, I can watch for that. I'm not just staring at the charts, wondering what the heck's going on. Like I'm waiting for my opportunity. And why is it my opportunity? Because I spent hours looking back through the charts, doing my homework, whatever, to define all of this. And I have confidence in that work. And then, yeah. and then that's where you've heard me talk about like the idea of like honoring the work that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a big thing for me is like honoring the, all the hours so I'm like, I'm basically screwing myself in a sense <laughs> if I don't do, if I don't function according to the plan because, um, because I have spent all this time developing it and it's good. Um, and so then it's, it becomes like uh, almost, you almost get discipline, almost starts to kind of um, at least parts of discipline just start to be intuitive because you're so performance driven, like you, you want to see what you're trying to see. That's why I was telling you before we started recording, like, even though that's all true and banks and I talked on Friday, I still felt myself wanting to trade, even though all of my targets were hit for the day and I was done, done. Um, so there's still parts of it that you have to ha- have some measure of self-control and discipline. Right. But when it comes to like entries and putting risk on and all that, as you start to define a lot of this stuff for yourself, I think that's where you take kind of a big step forward. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think you like, I think you're obviously smart enough and capable enough to absolutely kill it. I think you just have like so many options and you've whittled them down at this point to a couple of things. But I think like it doesn't matter what I think about it, Banks thinks about it, what any whoever made up the setup thinks about it. I would right. take, I would take the stuff we've said and go make it make it make sense and work for you. Um, the things I'm advising are the ways that I would go about that. Mm-hmm. And I think they make a lot of sense, but as you get into it, you may pick up on, there may be other things like I'm focusing on time and price, but there may be other things that qualify that Liz set up for you or qualify right. that, uh, flagpole follower, whatever it's called. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> What's flag it called? Follower, I think it's flag, called it. a flag follower thing. Let the let let it inform you, and we, I'd be happy uh, t- to help in any way with any of that as you're doing it, or if you have questions. But that that would be a couple things I think. Here's the other question I would say that is important to answer. I think you need to write down somewhere what has been the fruit of impatience. Ah, uh, yes. So that got um, me? that's key. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's something I did, um, like at one point in a notebook, um, because. Banks talked about it the other day when he was on with you with uh with Joel. Um, he was talking about uh everybody has days where they're frustrated or where they're like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore, or like, oh, nothing's going my way, right? Like that's that is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those kind of emotions lead you to not having patience for your setups, not, not beginning to lose confidence or trust. And then the then the fruit of that. When you execute in the market with that as your backdrop, like, dude, it's just not going to, it's just not going to be there. I could tell you that. (laughs) Yeah. So I would write, I would write out 
on a piece of paper or type it out like um, what has being impatient with trading uh, like what is the wages of that or what has mm-hmm. that yielded for you and then just just be brutally honest with what it's what it has it brought to your doorstep as a return um, yeah. and those kind of things are stark and like re- really um, like it's not exactly fun but it right. helps you in a moment to be like I know what this feels like and I know what this gives me. And that is not what I want. <laughs> right. right. Banks, you got any thoughts about that? Yeah. So, you know, um, I, and I think it, it kind of goes into all three the confidence, you know, patience and accepting risk is I think the more you dig into kind of what we talked about today is the more you can define an A plus setup. Right. And I think when you can define what an A plus setup is, and, and, and again, that it doesn't mean that it always is going to work. It, you know, there's, there's a cost of doing business just like in anything else. But I think, I think the deeper you can dive into what, what defines your process, what defines an A plus setup, I think that patience just comes with, well, I know that this is the trade that I want to be in. I'm just going to wait mm-hmm. for this to set up because anything outside of that is just foolish, you right. know, right. it's, it, it goes out of what your process is. It goes out of, you know, what your confidence in that trade is going to be and and it goes against just accepting the risk of that trade because if it's not a setup that you want to be in 100 percent, there's no reason to be in it yeah yeah because then you just end up sitting there hating yourself when you're in it <laughs> yeah praying for it to go your way so you can get out <laughs> i i have in the past had thoughts like if if i if i just win this trade i'm not trading i won't trade anymore today mm-hmm. let's, let's just get to win this trade and get the heck out of here and of course, those would, would be losing trades, uh, born out of impatience and all that. Yeah. Yep. The other cool thing, though, it's so it's the flip side is as you define a setup. Now, here's the thing. The first time you go to the marketplace with these new parameters, that first day, it'll set up perfectly and fail. Mm-hmm. Almost like b- banks back me up like. It, 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 it's just that's the way yeah. the market is oh yeah i've, I've gone through that too <laughs> you know so you know i think this goes into another part of uh, the accepting risk so like size like do this work size way down mm-hmm. um and 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 whatever that looks like for you size size down cut it in half whatever you're doing right now and then and then get like it's 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 crawl walk run right mm-hmm. so just crawl for a few weeks or some amount of time um letting these letting the law of averages and the variance to a data sets distribution play out in your favor after you pre-qualify some of these entries and just let it let it go for a couple weeks yeah making very little money you know cut your (laughs) target in half or more than in half like you know just get it way down get it to the point where it doesn't matter you can lose five, six trades, and it doesn't matter. You don't. You just whatever. It doesn't matter. Yep. When it when it doesn't matter, you will execute in a way that is mind boggling. Huh. Like in my opinion, that's been my experience. I think that's been Banks's experience, and we've talked about this uh, method, this uh, uh, practice before. Like that, I went through a season where I sized way down. I mean, I'm trading right now. I'm trading uh, a. Th- 40 times more size than I was trading when I was doing this, this exercise. Um, and the exercise was scale way down, trade real small and really 
just get that execution and that fear gone. Mm-hmm. That fear of this trade losing doesn't matter if it loses. It, it allows you to act, execute the way you you in theory intend to at the start of a day because it just removes all of that. It lets you accept the risk, and then you add right. a little more size, and you can learn to accept that risk. And then you add a little more size, and you accept that risk. And that risk is in proportion to the reward you're getting. And then it's like, well, so what if I lose, you know, six hundred dollars on this trade? It's just a trade entry. It's an opportunity. If it goes my way, I'm making two, two and a half, three times that, and I'll take that shot all day, you know? Right. But, but, but when I was. But if you have the data to say that every trade is worth this much money, every time I click the button, this is how much my, I'm expected to make. If you can have those stats, then it's a lot easier to have faith in the process. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is to just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Or, or, or even, even the variant variable variability, sorry, of that. Mm-hmm. And this is where bank, banks and I have, uh, so yeah, we want to like target one, whatever your scale one, however much size that is, or however this is working out. But, um, when you're doing this, um, whatever target one is, the idea is like you pay yourself for the trade. You like take some of your risk off, you cut mm-hmm. your risk in half, or you pay for what the stop would have been or whatever. Right. And then after that, maybe you have an intermediate target. And then after that, you have um, one of two options, either a runner to the end of day, if it's a trend day, because most trend days make their high or low in the last hour. Yep. So if, if you have done that work of defining the trend day and you get a flagpole set up and you get scales one and two off, literally you just come back at 245 and see where we are. And as we move into three o'clock hour, my advice to you would be to look to close that trade yeah. for whatever as we make a new high in that that time frame, which you sh- you know happens up more often than not. Yep, I've noticed that too. The other option is that you scale targets one and two, and this is something else. This is something I wanted to talk about uh, in this with you was um, was your confidence in yourself and your process, some of the accepting risk. Risk would be easier to accept if the reward was was outsized or mm-hmm. was was believable. And so one of the things that Banks and I have been on about quite a bit lately is saying, okay, I've got scales one and two off or scales one, you know, first two sets of scales, three sets of scales. And you've been on voice enough for me to say, okay, I want to see us get through this swing low mm-hmm. or I want to see us get through this swing high. Like I didn't want to be short. On Friday, until we traded through at least one of those intermediate swing highs. So in my long position, I want to scale through 
hold highs on small time frames, maybe with a target of getting to like an hourly or a four hour swing high for that last scale. If I don't think mm-hmm. we're in a full blown trend situation, which Friday we I didn't think we were going to be trending in one direction all day. And that's so that that idea of using the market structure that's in front of you to scale to use those swing highs as exit liquidity. You're kind of using those buy stops as places to sell to close because those are buy to close shorts and you're getting that sweet exchange through that swing high where you can get filled in a second. And so my, I guess a thing to say is go to your, um, when you're doing your work, another practical homework step is from your entries after you figured out how you're going to qualify them. Whatever your normal scale is at 2R or whatever, let your, let your next scale, in theory, as you look back through 10, 20 examples, this can take some time. And I, w- I wouldn't advise trying to backtest this in like a sh- some kind of backtesting strategy, something or another. No, I'd do it all by hand. Yeah, unless it's quite robust. What I would do is then um, get your first scale and then for, you know, for scale number two, Go to a, a, a reasonably small time frame and pick a swing high. So like a one-minute chart. What's your one-minute swing high? Mm-hmm. And let that be your target too. And then um, if you clear that, then go out to a five-minute and go, okay, where's the next place? If they if the buyers are – if this is a long trade, the buyers conquered the one-minute swing high, then where's the next swing high that the buyers would need to win at to continue this trend up on the five-minute? And go to the five minute and mark that as your target too, and see mm-hmm. if you can't eke out more expectancy off these entries. Okay. Because for me, my entries are where, um, like, I don't like clicking the button. I love scaling for profits. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I want to stretch that process out as long as possible, which is why I'm trading more size now than I was, you know, two months ago or whatever, because. I want to be able to scale at the one-minute swing high, five-minute swing high, 15-minute swing high, hourly swing high, and I want to still have some in the bank for if we challenge a four-hour situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my advice would be see how those entries perform with a dynamic exit strategy based around market structure swings. Okay. And, and, and that will probably change the expectancy a little bit. I think it should. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'll jump into that. So, you know, I would say, I mean, I mean, like bracket wise, I, it's not that I hate the idea of having a bracket, like a two to one or something like that, but for your entry, it should be something to where the market is forcing you out. So like your Liz Mm -hmm. entry, if you're, if you're taking a swing low and you're setting this up on, you know, going forward, you know, those five minute swing highs are places where people either got short or got long. So sweeping mm-hmm. above those, you know, you should you should really get some sort of either move if they're going to protect it, they're going to protect it. Uh, but if, if they're going to let it go, and and you know, just just to go into like what Baba said, like those bigger time frames, like those mean a lot more. So like yeah. getting into you know getting into that situation on Friday where we took that high, like I wanted to be scaling through there to where I, you know, we we could have win another hundred points on that move. But at the same time, like there is a good enough to that trade. And to me, right. that was good enough because if they're going to reverse it in, in the way that I trade, it's going to happen there. Right. It's not going to happen in between there. So, you know, like those, you know, two to one 
is is a great, and I think a lot of people preach that. But I would let market structure um, defy what your R is going to be. Okay. Um, you know, it, you know. So you know, if we take a swing, you're using that swing as your stop. You know, in essence, like on the Liz, mm-hmm. and, then, and then some sort of push through to go take liquidity to the other side. Right. Because the market is, is going to be searching for liquidity. So if we take, you know, buy side, uh, you know, buy side or sell side, then in essence, on the bigger time frame, we should be going to search for liquidity at some other point. Usually, it's in the opposite direction. Right for those guys to get out. Yep. Yep. Okay. No, that's all. Oh, yes. Okay. Can't wait to get started on this. Uh, yeah. We're getting close to your time target, though. How are we doing? Uh... We're close. We're real close. If we can, we we can. If you can stretch it out a few more minutes, I'm sure we could be more concise in the oh, future. I'm sure I can live with it. Go ahead and give okay. me some more alpha. Okay. All right. Sweet. <laughs> Here's another thing that banks uh, banks brought up that we talked about, um, and this is just like. This is all about refining, you know, mm-hmm. like this is this whole process is is a sack of work. It looks like overalls, right? Like it's work. You see somebody in overalls, you know, they've been working. That's like a coach prime said that in one of his speeches to his team the other day. Of course, they got absolutely <laughs> demolished today, but uh, it was a great analogy or a great word picture. So um, I, I know that I know that I don't even know. I don't know enough about the setup to know how you set your stops or whatever, but whatever time frame that setup is on, I would encourage you to look at candle closes as exits when possible over. We just went two ticks below that swing low. How many times does your setup hold the candle close on the next candle and then ignite the rest of your move. Um, and so, yeah, we've stabbed below it and then close back up above. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you get a wick down, you get a candle yeah. that goes higher than that. And then it wicks back down. Um, and then it goes, if that kind of uh, volatile move stops you out, but then that trade continues to T1, T1, T2, T3, um, you just, you were just exit, you were just liquidity providing someone else to get in that trade. Mm-hmm. Now it's not always possible. Um, but what you could do is when that Liz setup is in a, is, is once you define that the location of the best Liz setups, which probably are going to come around candle closes and opens and swing lows and swing highs on some time frame. I'm not sure which one is the best for it, but you figure that out. Um, when that starts to be the case in the chart, you're in a zone. It's a predetermined area of interest. We wanted to see this swing low swept, and then we wanted to see them secure it with this setup. And then we wanted to see continued upside movement through some local swing highs. When that is true, that is the only time I would break out some smaller time frame down mm-hmm. to a 30-second chart, one-minute chart, 5-12 trade, whatever you're comfortable with. And look at how price responds in that smaller time frame and see if you can justify holding for, like I said, that no break, no close below that candle. If that's your exit marker, like, oh, if we trade below the low, I'm out. But, but maybe you see that, oh, we're going to we wick below it half the time so I can increase my expectancy by by adding a few more points to my stop and having my stop be a little bit dynamic, 
mm-hmm. light of how the price moves around that area as long as we don't close a five minute candle below now as soon as we close below we snap out and then we can snap right back in there's plenty of times that i do that um i might get snapped out snap back in snap back out i used to not like that the vibes of that of being like in and out in and out but i i feel like it's it's been more profitable for me um and it's kept me in some trades that that i should have stayed in um the other thing would be as a liz candle develops um i think it's a five minute setup there could be a a one minute setup inside of that that's that's actually forming to create that five minute setup and that would be another thing i would advise for you to do is look at where the liz happens but look at it on a smaller time frame um so there's two things in this candle closes for exit versus just the price and then look at the look at the candles that build that five minute candle yeah and see if there's anything to extract out of there that could either get you into the trade at a better price or keep you in the trade when it looks dodgy at first or even cause me to say no thank you yeah yeah you could you could pre-qualify you could have a great area line and this is where i want to take the trade the setup starts to happen but you know that you could like 3d into that setup on a smaller time frame and you can see oh this is actually this is what it looks like when it's going to fail mm-hmm. and i'm not going to take this one you yeah. could also inco- incorporate delta I, I don't know what what you could you could look at all kinds of things to help qualify that um as somewhere to hang in there a little bit yeah yeah and then and then uh you know kind of on the entry standpoint i i think you know digging into that that five minute well i guess it's really a 10 minute because it's on the close of it but, but, you know, on that candle that kind of sets up as the Liz, because I know that we've talked about this, I'd be curious to know, or at least, you know, with backtesting, when you look at it is if you can define that entry a little bit tighter so that mm-hmm. the R on it is a little bit tighter based on what we base on the entries and exits. So like, you know, on a five minute, if we come into it, but you have like a one minute low that's in that five minute that kind of sets up on the push back up. I'd be curious to know, like, if you can define an entry below that swing low on the one minute, because it's all it's all internal liquidity. So if that mm-hmm. move is going to continue, then, you know, theoretically, they could go grab liquidity under that little one minute swing low. And that could be your entry point, you know, to that low that was just developed. And, th- and then mm-hmm. kind of the stuff with the stop goes into what Baba was talking about. I mean, because there's there's going to be countless times where, you know, you're in a trade you get stopped out and all of a sudden it's to your take profit. And that's exactly yep. what he's yep. talking about because <laughs> you know, they're, they're using that little stop run reversal to grab liquidity, to get everyone out of that same trade that you were in because right. it is going to work. Right. Right. So that close is such an important piece is, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a good thing to know. And you know, it's, and it takes a lot of people a long time because it's, it's hard to reenter a trade that you just got stopped out of in mm-hmm. the exact, spot right right but it's it's such a key thing to know because you know especially if we don't get acceptance on that push lower now if we if we drop like on es if we drop five points out of that low and don't get don't come back into it, i wouldn't re-enter you know but right. that but that's not what he's talking about you're looking at 25 50 cent new low snap back in you're re-entering yep. at the same price so yeah that that close thing is such a key thing too okay no that's uh i mean i got a whole list of stuff here to work on uh yeah i've, uh, I've been making the list as well i'm gonna te- we're gonna oh, message oh, it all great. to you 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, just to make sure we're all on the same page. Um, <laughs> so you can grade me. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I mean, I want to know how it goes. We're definitely going to follow up. Well, there's um, definitely going to have to be some follow up because uh, so some then, of these things I probably want to make sure I got some clarification on. But it's all yeah. uh, great stuff. All right. So then, then when you think of accepting risk, do you see how in light of all of this, the risk just becomes – I mean, it's just kind of it's defined. Yeah, everything that I wrote down that I wanted to improve on, the steps that you just gave me right there, I think address all three of them. I think they're yep. all related. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They they are definitely related. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, here's a couple of nuggets for the road. Um, and Banks probably has a couple as well. So you you mentioned enjoying the variety of challenge that comes along with trading. Mm-hmm. Um, in your eval. And one of the things I would encourage you to try to do is embrace the monotony. The better you get at trading, the more it is the same thing, the same way, the same day, time after time after time. And and what you'll notice in trying to embrace the monotony of trade entries, execution, and all of that is that um, some of the emotion and some of the anticipation and some of all those feelings and all of that stuff that even we've talked about in other conversations, the trust in yourself, all of that, like it just starts to kind of um, dissipate like from the top of the, of the mind. Like it just starts to trickle down because you're just make look- trading boring. though is what you're saying. Yeah. Try to make it boring. Like try to make it boring. Now I want to yeah. be entering in places that have huge potential. So that's going to look exciting you know, you watch all the TikTok video clips of like the, you know, all those, the trades that's like my personal highlight reel. They look like, wow, holy cow. But like in the moment of trading those trades, like it was just, all right, here, you know, here we are. Here it is. You know, yep. All right. Let's see what we get. Oh, I, and there's a video. It's like immediately stopped out right back in. Um, mm-hmm. Same mentality that we were talking about a minute ago. So try to make it boring. Try to embrace the monotony. It's just price and time over and over again. Um, let's see. We talked about targeting structure. Uh, banks had something I think you wanted to say. What'd you say banks? Um, no, uh, no, I I was just going to chime in on what he was going to say, but yeah, that, that's such a, that's such a big piece to trading that I think people overlook is, you know, in essence, when, when you become a successful trader, trading should be the same setup, the same thing every day to where, I mean, it, it should almost be boring. Like it shouldn't be a surprise that you made mm-hmm. that same trade. Now I think, I think where, right. you, you know, when you get into a point where you, you know, you start to feel anxious or you start to feel uh, excited, I think that's when those mental errors and that's, and that's when all that stuff, you know, kind of comes out. Right. Because it's an unknown. And I think we just, you know, as humans, the unknown scares us. <laughs> so, well, so let the unknown be the, like, if I want the, the variety and the problem solving, like I'll take that to my back testing, take that to my strategy development. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But the actual playground where we go and, you know, implement the, uh, the things that we've worked on, like that's, you want to be like a football team that's been practicing enough for, you know, entire off season to come out and execute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. you know, to an example of that, I mean, we, we had in the room, I mean, me and Baba sat on hands for two days. I mean, that that's boring, <laughs> like mm-hmm. just to watch, but, but again, like it goes against, if we would have entered into a trade and, you know, either of those days, um, you know, there was setups that we could have taken, but they weren't exactly what we wanted as setups. It, mm-hmm. it, it becomes one of those trades where it's just, it's an unknown of if, if this trade's going to work. 
Right. And it's not something that we would rely on, you know, day in and day out. Yep. Uh, Excellent points. Um, a couple other things. Can we hit them real quick? Yeah, make it quick because uh, you're hitting the hour mark now. Okay, okay. Otherwise, everybody else is going to be expecting an hour. <laughs> well, Kyle's special, everybody. Kyle's a little bit special. Um, on the on the note of boring, uh, yeah, on the note of boring and, and doing the same thing the same way every day, what you will start to notice is um, when what you expect to happen – because you've seen it 20,000 times when mm. it doesn't happen. Mm. So like when what's boring and monotonous, oh, because we're going to go down here and do this and then that, and you just have this idea of like what should happen. Um, and then it's not, it doesn't happen. It's like, whoa, okay, something different. Like there's just something about that intuition or the awareness that helps lean you up in your seat. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have like this real consistent, you know, time after time kind of approach. And then we're in one of those sweet spot areas, whatever. And it does something completely atypical. And because you are always looking for the same type of thing and you don't see it, that can be as helpful as like on Friday, I wanted to see us hold a little bit higher before we, I didn't want to see us test nine twelve. The most bullish scenario would have been to hold that little zone that I talked about and then continue. We didn't have, I didn't have a setup in that area or anything to help me get long in that first zone. Then I knew that we, I was either going to have to join the party higher or wait for a sweep lower to get a setup, Mm -hmm. which ultimately what happened was a sweep lower. And then I had a setup and then I was, I was in the game, but um, just that awareness of like, I know what I'm looking for and what, what should, what should unfold to trigger me into a trade when that doesn't happen. That's, that can be as informative as, as anything else that's yeah. that's going on in the day. Um, the last question I have, and then I'll turn it over. I'll be quiet. Banks can finish us out of here. Um, one of the questions I had, do you, in any of the trades, that any of the accounts that you've blown up or, or lost or whatever in, has it been death by a thousand cuts or has it been like death, death, death. And then, and then you just capitulate and do something stupid and blow the thing out. Death by a thousand cuts. It's like, it'll okay. go and, be good for a little bit and then just slowly, slowly kind of bleed itself dead. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Even when I've had like a blow up day where I completely like disregarded all risk management rules, which the last time this happened is probably three to five months ago. Like it's been a while. Uh, even that day, I think it was, I was kind of shocked at how long it took to blow that account up. Okay. Cause, cause the, I would say that that implies that you are geared towards like, um, you're, you're geared towards the process driven, like approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you'll, you, you do have the natural inclination to see it through over the long haul mm-hmm. versus someone that's more impatient who gets frustrated, not making money. And then they just size up and go all in and, and blow an account. The, no, more the time- last two accounts that I've blown, uh, have come like they've been a conscious choice. It's like, okay, this yeah. thing is it's coming up on a renewal time. It's underwater. I don't want to pay another fee. Let's just go ahead and throw something on here and see what happens. And I yeah. usually try to wait for a setup too. In that case, just yeah, yeah. But that's a, that's, a re- <laughs> that's a really that's a really good thing because mm-hmm. the more people, more times you blow an account, reset it, blow an account, reset it regularly, like multiple times a week or even multiple times a day for some people, the, the more muscle memory 
and the more um, reinforcement there is to just be reckless. Mm. Um, and, and that type of activity does not yield the results that any of us are looking for. So it's, it's yeah. good to hear that that's not your, your, you know, your default setting. And I think that, that no, even when I try to blow an account, I still have stops in place and yeah, that's, practicing that's freaking, risk management. Yeah. That's, that's freaking great. Um, yeah. so cool. Well, look, that's all, that's all the stuff. Cause if your answer was different to that question that I had, I had some thoughts, but, um, you know, I think, I think with this list of one, two, three, four, five, I think six or so things that are very mechanical, mm-hmm. this is not, not really getting into like, um, it's hard to like do like a whole lot with the, um, uh, mentality or emotional side, except for create structure in the structured side that supports being able to have positive outlooks and more patience and all that yep. stuff. And if that all, all that work is done and then there's still issues, which there inevitably will be with confidence or patience or whatever, that's another set of work to do. But I think your opportunity with these, with these further refinements are going to give birth to that patience and the accepting of the risk and the confidence to push forward and that you're process driven already. So you have all the, like you have it all, you have all the makings in the pot to have the cake. We just got to get them. The, the ratio is correct. The, the problem is that everybody's trying to learn how to be a baker without a recipe. <laughs> like that's, yeah. what's so valuable about yeah. this type of conversation from somebody who's been there is now suddenly you've given me kind of some direction on like which way to focus my efforts as opposed to me just trying to figure out, okay, where's the hole today? Where do I need to spend my effort? Yeah. Banks, you got any more thoughts? No, I I would say, um, you know, just from kind of this conversation and kind of looking over the eval in general, I would say you're a lot closer than you think you are. Um, I think, I think, yeah, yeah. I, I think that you're a lot closer than you think you are. And I think that you're, you're on the, the verge of kind of developing your own process. And I think kind of what we talked about today and, and I mentioned, and I mentioned this to Baba, you know, what, what makes it a Kyle trade? And, and yeah, I think, yeah. and I think that that's what is going to, defi- you know, I guess differ going forward is, you know, once you can develop that piece of it to where you have the confidence and you have the patience to wait for that setup, the risk part of it, I think becomes by the wayside a little bit because, you know, once you have the confidence and clicking the button, knowing that that trade setup is going to work or should work from back testing, the risk you piece take it every it, time. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I mean yeah. that, you know, at that point, it's just a cost of doing business. If you do take a stop, um, yeah. you know, cause, cause you're never going to have all green days. Um, that's, it's, it's inevitable. You're going to have red days, but the one thing and I'll leave you on that I love is your red days are small. Mm-hmm. And I think something that Baba mentioned something to me a while back is, are your red days large or do you have a bunch of small red days? And I would say before that, I would have a lot of winning days and one large red day. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I, I don't really have a lot of small losing days, but that's one thing that I can, you know, that, that I can tell you now is once you become profitable, once you have that good confidence and, you know, good patience and acceptance of risk and everything, those, that is going to be such a key thing going forward because the vast majority of traders will have two, three, four great days and one day that wipes away a whole week. Yeah. 
And that's, and, and, and just from our conversation, I don't think that's going to be the case for you. And that's such a big thing in trading. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for the words of encouragement. Having hearing you say something like that is very, very encouraging for for me to yeah. to know that it is the end is is in sight. I think is uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Oh yeah, dude. I I I couldn't agree more with what he said. I, especially just if if we just said all that and you would have said, well, that's what I, I've been doing all that, and I'm then then you know then the question is, okay, well then we need to talk about what what a setup actually is, but. With with this amount of things that are still out there, stones unturned, mm-hmm. like dude, that yeah, man, that's just like you're on the verge of it's going to be real fun, uh, the next couple months, I think. Yeah. You know? so, oh yeah. Wow, that sounds like a good spot uh, to put a pin in this one, huh? Yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely. All right. Well, do you want you guys want to wrap this up? I don't want to wrap it up. No, okay. I'll, let, I'll let the long winded either you or the southern boy wrap it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I think that means that we've uh, we've come to the end of our time here, unfortunately. But don't be sad. Go to Vanta Trading uh, or Vanta. Uh, I think I actually wrote that in there correctly this time. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the eval is available even for those people on that 14-day trial. You guys have extended that. Uh, I don't think there's a better value out there uh, anywhere right now than than what you guys are offering. So make sure you're taking advantage of that. If you like what they're doing, you can check out our Discord. We've got uh, affiliate links in there. Save you a little bit of cash on those uh, subscriptions. Uh, all those links in the episode description. We'll be back soon with another exciting episode. But till then, what should they do, Baba? Um, don't do anything stupid. You know, end your trading days green. Um, and uh, follow two bulls in the China shop on Twitter because they're grossly <laughs> underfollowed. <laughs> Take care. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.